which donut do you want? Um, I don't care. Um, I'm a simple man, but that one back there looks like the shit to me. Take it. Um, so I'll start with that. Right. By the way, if you're hearing this, welcome back. Um, you're probably like, what the fuck are they talking about? We'll get to it here in just a minute. So this is Main Corpse. I'm Matt and... I'm Kelsey. All right. So you've already listened to one episode or else you probably wouldn't be here. So if that first episode sucked, blame it on... Um, I don't know. Blame it on the recession. Things are rough all around right now. So we're just uh, here trying to make money, you know. You know, it's the uh, this damn economy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Caused that first episode to be shit. No, it was really. I still think it was a good episode. So oh, fucking Obama, though. Yeah, I know. It's his fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all him. So in this episode, Kelsey is going to take over. We have a cat on the table right now, so he needs to <laughs> he needs to get lost. I don't know how he got in here. We probably left the door open for too long. He is cute, though. I'll get Brittany to take a picture of his big ass up on the table so we can put that up, too. All right. Gordon is gone, so no giant cats to mess with the microphone now. So welcome back to Main Corpse. Today, Kelsey is going to be taking over and telling us a story, and I'm really fucking excited about this. So um, that's going to be awesome. Next episode, I'll be jumping back in, but don't expect that all the time. Just to give you a heads up, it, it'll be, uh, you know, whoever whoever has it ready. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so in this episode, it's going to be Kelsey's turn. And we have food from, I'm sorry, I just now lost the name of the place again. It's Sweet Nana's. Um, we got donuts from Sweet Nana's today. They're a cute little bakery in Anmore, West Virginia. Um, we'll put all their information up on our Instagram, Facebook and I assume our Twitter when we post yes. the episode. Yeah, I'll put it up on Twitter too. I don't know if they're going to be on Twitter or not. So I'm glad you're going for the bakery because like, it sounds like a super adorable, sweet place. And my story is going to be disgusting. So I can't help that. I apologize. Yeah, hysterical. This one's not good either. Oh, <laughs> um, I already know a little bit about... Did you do what I think you did? Mm, yeah. Okay. All right, cool. The one that we talked about before? Mm -hmm. Okay, I've only ever looked at the Wikipedia page. You've probably gone way further down the rabbit hole than I have. So let's talk about what we're eating. What donut did you grab? Um, I grabbed a raspberry-filled donut, and these donuts are the size of my face. They're fucking huge. I was about yeah. to say that. They're yeah, huge. Yeah, yours is uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, I can tell. So I'm a huge Cocoa Pebbles fan. So she opened the box, and like normally I'm like a glazed just a little chocolate on top of a donut or like a cruller or something mm -hmm. like that, which I did see a chocolate covered cruller mm -hmm. in there too. So that one might be going to my face here in a little bit. Um, because I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to sit here and eat these donuts the whole time. Yeah, I also have, uh, have my coffee already. So I'm good. So how, so how's yours? Um, first of all, it's amazing. Just like it always is. Um, they put so much filling in these donuts. It's probably, there's no way they're making money. Because it's just so much pastry and so much filling. It's so good. I've ever been somewhere before and like the item they make is huge, but then mm -hmm. you try and it tastes like shit. Mm -hmm. This is the exact opposite of that. Um, it is absolutely huge. And I have just like, this isn't a cake donut. This would be, what do they call these? Like a, a bread donut. donut or a fried donut? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it just has chocolate and cocoa pebbles on it. Holy shit. Is it really good? Um... Yeah. yeah, they're such a cool little Man. place, too. They do their own pepperoni rolls, but they also work in conjunction with Roger and Mazza's pepperoni rolls. Okay. Yeah, so it's... Dude, they're I literally just had one of those today. Oh, yeah, they're my favorites. But, 
yeah, it's just such a cool little place. And one of the girls that works for me, her um, her grandma owns it. Oh. So. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That is such a fucking good donut. It really is. Wow. All right. So, are we ready to get started? Go ahead, but most of my reactions are going to be about this donut. Excellent. I'm not going to lie. Right. So, I've actually been following this for a lot longer than most of the cases I've been following. My mom was following it when it first happened in 2017, and um, she's actually the one who asked me to do this specific case. Yeah, I, so really quick, sorry to jump mm-hmm. in, but you sent this to me and said, my mom wants me to cover this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I had <Yeah. laughs> never heard of it before. I was like, who knows about this? So everybody, apparently, besides me. Yeah. Um, so I went to the Wikipedia page and I immediately, I think within like three minutes, I messaged back because I read one part of this that I'm very excited to hear what you have to say about because I want more information on it. And I immediately. I hope I have enough information. I immediately was like, holy shit, yeah, we got to cover this. Mm -hmm. It's super cool. Sorry, go ahead. All right, so um, December 15th, 2017, like any other day, the housekeeper and their personal trainer arrive at the Sherman Mansion. Nothing um, seemed entirely out of the ordinary except the security alarm that was actually off. Um, the housekeeper noted that that was the first time in the three years of working there that either of them had seen it off. A furnace technician arrived, did whatever it was he needed to, and he left. Around 10.45 a.m., Elise Stern, a Toronto realtor, met Weidong Zhao and his two clients at the mansion. Um, Her clients, the Shermans, had listed it for um, $6.7 million. So chump change. Yeah, for them. Yeah, you you just... Yeah, the family she's talking about... um, do you want to give a little... Oh, I'm sure the background will be there. Sorry. No, no, you're Go good. Ahead. Yeah. No, what was the question? No, I was going to say, um, just a little background on who they are. Uh, because, yeah, if you're saying chump change is six point... How much? Six point seven million. They were worth, um, I think, like, around $3 billion. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I read the Wikipedia page, I was like, how did I not hear about this? Because you're talking about some, like, very, very uh, up there people. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. You're fine. Um, unable to reach her clients by phone, uh, Lise was let into the house by the housekeeper, and it was during the showing of the house that they made the gruesome discovery. Through the glass doors to the pool in the basement, they saw what Zhao and his clients later described as either a sick joke or a leftover Halloween display. They're dead, was the first thing Elise said when she called the emergency dispatch at 11.45 that morning. Feeling that it was a bad omen, Zhao and his Chinese clients left the property before the police arrived. The bodies were in a position that Elise would later describe as some weird yoga pose. She thought her clients were just doing something odd. Um, They were both found with belts around their necks, holding them to a low railing poolside. Barry, 75, was found seated with his legs crossed on the pool deck, while his wife, Honey, 70, was on her side with a bruise on her face. Their coats had been pulled down over their shoulders to restrain their arms. They were facing away from the water with their clothes on. The bodies closely resembled two life-size sculptures that were found in the Sherman's basement. The sculptures were made in the 70s from junk shaped to look like a man and a woman sitting on top of stereos. There's been no evidence as to whether the statues have anything to do with the murders or if they were just a creepy coincidence, but... It's something that I've seen enough of that I yeah. feel like it's worth mentioning. Um, here 
is the photo of those statues. Oh, shit, you have the photo of the statues. I do. So this is exactly the part I was wanting you to get to. So this is yeah. so this is the part that, like, I'm reading it, and I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, ah, some billionaires die in the suburbs. Like, who cares? I get to the part where they find their body. Mm-hmm. And it was that they were showing the house, and the clients and the mm-hmm. realtor find the bodies. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels ritualistic. The way their bodies were found. Because you said they were like kind of yoga poses. And then when I read the part about the way they were posed really closely resembled these two sculptures, which I'm looking at now. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. That's weird. I And here's the thing. I am not by any means a cop. I've never like investigated anything deeply. But everything I've ever read, I've ever seen, when someone takes the time to pose the bodies, it's personal. Yep. Like... It's crazy. Yeah, so I I totally agree. And to me, like, I don't know. the. I'll let you get more into how they died and everything, because I know they found the belt around their neck, so I'm assuming that's how they went. Uh, but that's that. This it feels very personal. I feel like to strangle someone like that and then pose mm-hmm. their body, it has to be very personal. Yeah. It has to either be extremely personal or it has to be about sending a message, right? And I don't know which one it would be. Uh, yeah, and I, I really wish I knew and I wish someone knew because we still don't know who actually did this. Um, once police arrived and began their investigation, they initially believed that it was a murder-suicide, reporting that there were no signs of forced entry. Um, this was leaked to the press, and the friends and family of the Shermans called this a character assassination. A quote from one of their friends, Linda Frum, The idea that Barry would ever harm Honey, he adored her. That's impossible. He was a gentle, good man. The family made it clear that they were unhappy with the initial police investigation, accusing them of bungling it. Um, They hired their own team of highly respected retired officers to launch a parallel investigation. That included um, Tom Klett, a retired Toronto detective, and um, David Scheisen. I'm definitely mispronouncing his name, but he was a retired forensic pathologist, and they had him redo the autopsies. Wow. Yeah. Um, They also, as of 2018, were offering a $10 million reward for any information leading to the arrest of their parents' killer or killers. I'm going to put this out there right now. If anyone listening to this figures out this murder because you found out about it here, you owe us money. One million apiece. <laughs> one million apiece. Small bills discreetly <laughs> placed in a, in a spot of our choosing. So um, let us know if you, if and you know. You can DM us on Instagram, yeah, Facebook, Let us, let us know that you found it. We'll bring you on the show. Um, after we get our money. So, throwing that out there. All right. On January 26th of 2018, the police advised the news media that their investigation concluded the couple had been murdered in a targeted attack, changing the murder-suicide to a double homicide. The cause of death was ligature neck compressions, a type of strangulation. Okay. So, they're saying that it was from the belts, I'm assuming? They didn't say. Oh, okay. If there was a murder weapon of any kind... Um, or if the belts were just utilized to hang them. If I'm wrong, um, I would love to be corrected. I didn't see anything in my research, but um, if someone out there listening is like, no, 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 I know the answer to that, 
please let me know. And I'm, I'm going to piggyback on something that you said. I've never been a police officer, and I don't mm-hmm. know what that life is like. Uh-huh. But I don't know the last time I heard of someone successfully strangling themselves to death other than <laughs> hanging themselves or something. And, you know, here's the thing. Had he hung himself with a belt or had she hung herself with a belt, like from the ceiling, mm-hmm. that would be one thing. But we're, we're literally talking about they found them post. Whoever strangled themselves would have to have the willpower to hold on to that belt until they were strangled. Exactly. And don't get me wrong, autoerotic asphyxiation happens, things like that happen, but generally they find those people kind of hanging or or they find that they just kind of slowly suffocated themselves to death. That would be a very tough way to go. And I don't see somebody posing themselves nice and neat um, after successfully strangling themselves with a belt. Crossing my legs and being like, you know what, let's go. Let's get, that seems, that would be that would be like a superhuman feat. I don't know. So again, not to not to like shit on the police or anything like that. That's not what this show is all about. But that sounds really fishy that you immediately wanted to move it to a murder suicide um, <laughs> when that happened. Sorry, go ahead. So the autopsy suggests that the Shermans had actually been dead for at least thirty six hours before their bodies had been discovered. So that means that the last people to see them alive were the home builders and architect and subcontractors around 5 p.m. on Wednesday, December the 13th in 2017. Honey left the meeting around 5.30 to head home and around 6.21 made a phone call to a friend. That was the last time any of her friends or family heard from her. Um, when the bodies were discovered, she had more than 10 missed calls on her cell phone starting the morning of December the 14th through the 15th when they were discovered. Um, her phone, this is just a side note, I didn't really have a place to put it in here, but um, her phone was found in a powder room that um, the housekeepers and her friends noted that she never utilized ever. Hmm. They also, um, the housekeeper told the police that Honey had never gone to the basement because of her legs. So there was no reason that she would have been in the basement at the pool. Oh, wow. So maybe <clears throat> somebody led them there? Maybe they were running. Maybe, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. I, yeah. I don't know. I had, re- I had also read the thing about the cell phone being found in the bathroom and how mm-hmm. odd they said that was. Um, if you If you know your own house, you know the places you spend time. And your friends likely know the places you spend time if they're around you a lot. And... Yeah, I, I would trust their friends to know whether or not they're in there or not. Um, sounds to me like maybe she had hid there. Or... Maybe. I mean, she her cell phone was there, so if she was hiding there, I feel like she would have tried to call the police. Yeah, were there any outbound calls on their cell phones? Not that I saw in anything wow. that I found. So this, oh, that sounds like it might be someone who they really trusted mm-hmm. because they would have no reason to make those calls. So maybe the killer took the cell phone there to wipe it down or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. That's bizarre. Okay. <clears throat> um, just another notation. Um, Barry um, hit a stack of papers and one of his gloves was found outside the door to the basement, like just okay. on the ground. Okay. It was apparently not that weird that he would have been down there, but I don't okay. see that you would leave a single glove and a whole stack of papers about no. your the house you're selling on the floor. Um, eight days after the bodies were discovered, Jonathan Sherman, their son, 
um, explained to the police that his parents did have enemies, saying they were complicated people with grudges against them, and that his father was brilliant but lacking emotional and social intelligence. He was smart, abrasive, and high energy. The Shermans were known for two things, being some of the most generous philanthropists in um, Canada. Um, They donated to multiple charities, Jewish organizations, hospitals, um, and owning one of the most litigious companies in Canada. Barry was known to use the courts freely to build his company and defend his business interests. He was also involved in long-running and very public conflicts. Like in the 1990s, he was involved in a high-profile dispute with Dr. Nancy Oliveri when she said she needed to disclose the risks of one of his company's drugs. Um, Apotex, which I hope I'm saying that right, because I'm going to say it a lot, um, immediately pulled the trials and threatened legal action if she divulged the potential risks. She did it anyway, and Sherman later called her nuts in an interview with 60 Minutes. Wow. So, I mean, you're talking about... How the hell did I not hear about this? You're talking about someone who was that big. The... Mm-hmm. The the it sounds like the the owner right of mm-hmm. of a huge of a huge yeah, drug he was company the CEO. the CEO of a massive drug company that was constantly under threat um, and, and like you would think this would have been way more public I don't know how I missed this that's yeah. that's wild okay um, Barry Sherman lost his father at the age of nine and was taken in by his uncle Lewis Winter who also taught him about his family business. Empire. Empire was a pharmaceutical business that was owned by Winter. Um, When Barry was away at university, his uncle passed away, and his four cousins who he'd grown up with were adopted by another family. Barry and his friend Joel bought Empire after his uncle passed and sold it for about $2 million. Um, They bought it for about $250,000. Okay. Yeah, the two of them went on to create Apotex, the generic pharmaceutical company. And just as the company began to take off in the 80s, Barry reunited accidentally at a party with his cousins. Um, None of them had received much from their father's estate. They were each entitled to about um, $330,000, but their adoptive parents spent most of it. The rest of it was spent after they were of age. Um, Sherman, being the generous man that he was, bought each of them homes handed out cash, and provided them loans for multiple business ventures. In 2006, those same cousins took him to court, alleging that he had used assets of Empire to create Apotex and had not properly compensated them. The legal fight turned with them, alleging that Barry was plotting to murder Mr. Winter and using handouts to control them. Sherman hit back by calling in their loans and moving to seize their houses. You know the ones that he bought for them for free. Whoa! So he so he buys. Okay, so this guy goes out and buys all of his cousins' houses, mm-hmm. gives them loans, and all money. that stuff. And then wait, who claimed? Who was trying to kill who? Um, they claimed that he had planned to kill their father. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, that's huge. I had never heard that before. Yeah. Following. The Sherman's death, the estate sought to have all documents pertaining to their last will and testament sealed for safety concerns. However, in June of 2021, the Supreme Court of Canada 
ruled to unseal them, revealing assets of more than $124 million, not including the bulk of the Sherman fortune, which is tied up in various holding companies. Wow, that's a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. The documentation said that if Barry died before Honey did, she was to receive the net annual income derived therefrom in quarterly payments and gave his trustees absolute and unfettered discretion to provide Honey with additional payments from the estate for her comfortable maintenance and benefit as they deemed fit. The will stated that in the event of Honey's death, the estate was to be distributed um, evenly amongst their four adult children, which is odd for someone who donated so much to charity that wasn't included in his will at all. Wow. Yeah, um, the will was last updated in March of 2017 before they died, in December of that same year, um, and it changed the list of trustees. Previously, there were eight trustees, including his four children, but it was reduced to only Jonathan Sherman, his son, Bradley Krosky, his son-in-law, Jack Kay, his business partner, and Alex Glassenberg, the family holding company exec. Um... Honey didn't actually have her own will at the time of her death. Wow. So, wait. He changed his will shortly, it sounds mm -hmm. like, before their death yeah. to take almost all of his children off the will and replace it with just his one son, his son-in-law, his business partner, and his holding company, the executive of the holding company for the mm -hmm. family. Wow. Okay. Yeah, this is super fishy. <clears throat> This is really weird. Yeah. So the release documents also included warrants for Sherman's phone, bank, and health information, as well as the computers in the home of Barry Sherman's office. Um, and the, what the police said was they were looking for how the Shermans were utilizing their money before they passed, which I don't imagine they found all that much because we still don't have really any information to go on. Um, they did announce recently that there was a single person of interest, which got the internet completely bonkers for a little bit before it was, um, confirmed that yes, they had a person of interest. They had several persons of interest, but there are no actual suspects currently. Wow. And that's been, 2017 was what, four years ago? Uh-huh. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Something else that's notable, um, in the weeks leading to their death, um, Apotex actually lost $500 million in a court case involving a drug patent and had also laid off numerous members of staff and there were more cuts coming. Jack Kay, the business partner, did tell police that he didn't believe this would have anything to do with their death, saying that Barry wouldn't have been phased by the financial situation as Apotex was just one part of the Sherman's holdings. And this is something that struck me as really strange because I feel like it would give someone a reason yeah, to I murder mean, them. But it seems like he's saying, well, he wouldn't have killed himself. Yeah, his. so he's saying yeah. he wouldn't have killed himself because the money wouldn't have phased him. But that, That's what it sounds like anyway. That's what it sounds like to me, yeah. Um, but what about all the people he laid off? What about all the people that did stand to lose? What about all the people whose entire fortune was tied up in Apotex, Apotex, however you say it? Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like there would have been a hell of a lot of people that wanted to kill him. 
A lot um, of people that were angry with him. I mean, yeah. and his whole business practice, the reason that his business was what it was is because they, because of exact court cases like this, where they um, tried to break drug patents from like um, name brand drugs so that they could utilize the same things to make generics. And that's how they made their fortune. Okay. They apparently lost this one, but that's what they did. Um, Among the papers released by the Canadian Supreme Court, it was suggested that the family and friends were absolutely stunned by the deaths. Um, They were married for 40 years. There was no history of abuse. They had trips planned to Japan and Israel for the next year. Then in May of 2019, the estate's request to have the mansion demolished was granted, and the land was transferred to the Sherman's estate and children in August of 2020. So they just tore down a $6.7 million house. Yeah. Wow. The family said that it was just too hard because that was where their parents were murdered to have it just still standing. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, there was someone that I found in my research, a, um, oh, what do they call it when someone goes into, like, landmarks and houses and things that they're not supposed to go into? Um, um like the Urban Explorers? Yeah. An Urban Explorer went into the mansion right before it got demolished. Really? Yeah, the week, the same week because they had taken down the, um... The cameras and the security gotcha. preparing for the demolition. So he went in and he won't say who he is because, you know, it was illegal to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and he won't release any of the pictures, but he did say that everything was still there and still intact. The house, the um, furniture, like nothing had been taken out. It was just as it was. Wow. So did they demolish it with everything just sitting in it? I guess. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. So that's really all I've got. It was... Huh. There's a lot of moving pieces here. Um, the ITOs and the will being released by the Canadian Supreme Court are the most recent changes to the case. And since then, they've revealed that they do have persons of interest, but... A person of interest is just someone that they want to talk to. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's a person who was actually involved. Yeah, I was so. going to say, it doesn't mean much. I mean, it's it's interesting, uh, but it doesn't mean much. I, I really wish... So this guy who went into this mansion, did he say anything else about it? Other than just everything was still there? Was anything odd? Was... The family mentioned that it could have been anybody because Honey and Barry were the kind of people that even if a stranger came and asked them for help, they would just let them in and help them. So, I it just blows my mind that they didn't have video surveillance. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, it sounds really suspicious to me that 
he would have removed most of his children from it. And now his family is adamant that, well, there's no reason to look close by. It could have been anybody. It doesn't have to be someone that knew him really well. It could be anyone. It could just be, you know, any old person off the street. Because everything about what you just now said, re- there's there, there were no signs of, it didn't sound like signs of a struggle. It didn't sound like there were signs of, of anybody being worried or calling the police or doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. So whoever was in that house with them, they trusted them. Why else? If she never went into the basement, why would she go into the basement on her own? Um, well, it's what so if, odd. What if she didn't go into the basement? What if she was moved there? Moved, yeah. You would think they would find evidence, though, of her being moved. I mean, you could find scuff marks on, on the floor, uh, something on the carpet, like hair fibers or something, showing that she had been moved down the steps. I'm sure they checked all that. I mean, I don't know. I've listened to a lot of cases. I'm not entirely sure they did check all that. <laughs> Um, but again, so remember what we talked about last week where we mm-hmm. said there are a lot of particulars about a case that the police will deliberately leave out? That and could be one of those things. Yeah, with a high-profile case like this, it just... I don't know, man. It's its insane to me that we don't even have a suspect at this point. Yeah, that's... I mean, because... I mean, I but I kind of get it, though. Everything you read to me was like... In one, in one sense, he was a great guy because he was giving money to all sorts of groups, all sorts of people that needed it. But it sounds to me like the minute you crossed him, that was over and he was coming for you. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything that was going to stop him. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he probably ruined a lot of lives. Um, and it could have been anybody because, you know, like I said, it sounds to me like was it his business partner who said that that wouldn't have affected him mm-hmm. because he didn't have all of his holdings tied up in that company? But like I said before, who did have all of their holdings tied up in that? Who had everything that they owned tied up in that one company? Yeah, sure, he was good, but was he trying to like flip his house and get mm-hmm. out of Dodge, or what was he trying to do? They uh, were um, getting ready to move to a um, honey. His wife actually wanted to move. To like a little suburban area, like a gated t- type community, mm-hmm. where a lot of the people that they dealt with business wise and politically um, also lived. So Ooh, that's that's okay. what they were doing. So they were trying to trying to protect themselves and get in with the, the rest of the herd. Um, well, I believe that the um, Linda Frum that I quoted earlier was the mayor of. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. They they were they were very tight knit in the political and um, wealthy community. Um, Honey, I couldn't find a lot of information on her and what she did outside of like this specific case. Yeah, really. Um, she was she was um, the daughter of Holocaust survivors. Oh wow! She was actually born in Austria, um, okay. and they moved to Toronto soon after she was born. Um, and she met um, Barry at university, in, and they ended up getting married in 1971. Yeah, because everything, everything that you told me outside of, like, what her habits were around the house, mm-hmm. like, everything about her is just tied to him. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds to me like she probably was just an innocent bystander. Um, no, she wasn't wealthy. She... Yeah. Um, she was wealthy because of her husband, who his family was actually wealthy, not just for pharmaceuticals. His father was wealthy um, for zippers. Okay. Which is a weird thing. That's bizarre. But, yeah. Um, his uncle, who took him in at nine, is the one who taught him about the pharmaceutical industry. Hmm. So. 
I, I really don't know. It's it's a weird thing, and it seems like they'd have a lot of people who were gunning for them, but then a lot of people who really appreciated all the stuff they were doing. But if you're doing all this great stuff, like, what's the sketchy stuff nobody's seeing? Exactly. Exactly. Because the only, like, I'm not going to say the only time, because there are some people who are not guilty of being complete pieces of shit, but it seems to me like most of the time someone who is, I'm going to say, like, hyper wealthy, like these people were, the only time that they dump money into charities is when they know there's something on the back burner that could come back to bite them. And they need to have those people that come forward and say, they never would have done this. This doesn't make any sense. Why would anyone want to do this? You know, why this doesn't make any sense that he would do something like this. Um, um, you should yeah. take a look at some of the interviews with some of his cousins. Oh, wow. They okay. um, they very, very, very much hated Barry. Um, they thought he was awful. Um, one of his cousins was on an... I watched the interview where he said, no, I hated him. I didn't kill him, but I'm glad he's dead. Like, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So no love lost there. At all. <laughs> okay. So I also want to watch this 60-minute interview. You said there's a 60-minute interview with him, mm-hmm. kind of about his business dealings and stuff like that, it sounds like. Yeah, so... where um, he called that doctor a nut. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss this murder or anything like that, but it sounds to me like somebody that he had fucked over finally got the best of him, and his poor wife was just collateral damage. Uh, but, again, it's the... I keep going back because the the oddest part of this is the way the bodies were positioned and the fact that they mirrored those two statues. Why would someone who they randomly let in because he was out of gas on the street or something like that do that to them? That's everything about this reeks of it was very very personal. Um, it, it sounds like it was really personal. I'm also I also want to hear more about maybe. I'm going to look this up and maybe we can do an update to this one because I want to hear about like, did they find any like DNA under their fingernails or anything like that? Like, did they not put up a fight at all? I didn't see anything that said there was wow. any kind of forensic evidence. Um, that said, I might have missed it in everything I was reading. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's think about this though. You'd have to know what their, what their, they normally did where they were going to be like how late Barry was working because think about how long it takes to strangle a person. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean this, this and honey was home before Barry. So she would have had to be strangled before or someone was lying in wait downstairs. Like, like there's so much about this, this that seems odd. Like normally when I hear something like this and it's been a day and a half since the person was seen, like, at that point, family members are out looking for them. They're out trying to find them. And there, there's no... And I read the Wikipedia page. I read a couple other minor articles about it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything where their friends and family were like, oh, we have to go find them. If, if they were that loved, right, why weren't they out trying to find them? As a matter of fact, something that I read said that the only person who was genuinely concerned were the people at his at his business, at, at his mm-hmm. drug company, because they weren't used to see they weren't used to not like getting bombarded with emails from him even outside of work right um i did read that so yeah it just sounds real fishy to me it sounds like it sounds like some people just didn't care just didn't care that they were found or that they were okay yeah i it's probably one of those things that 
a lot of rich people do where it's just whatever issues they were having stay inside the family Mm -hmm. and we will never know what like actually was going on yeah i i agree with you and i also i also can't help but think like whoever did this could also be one of those people that's really connected Mm -hmm. and people would just be afraid to to say it was him who did it or her who did it right uh it just seems it just seems too clean cut for me. It just seems too too easy. My mom has a, a conspiracy theory. Oh, please let me hear it. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Um All right. So you know all about everything that's going on right now with COVID and the mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals and things yep. like that. Well, his company was one of the companies producing HCQ, um, and that's one of the um, drugs that they're saying is helping with COVID. Okay. So my mom has this massive conspiracy theory about how um, they knew what was coming because this this was actually something that we all along knew was going to be a thing and they had a cure and because they had that cure to whatever degree it actually works for the COVID virus, be it man-made or not, um, that's that's why. Here's they my def- here's my defense for your mom. We have known that this was going to happen for a while. We You're just right. didn't know that it was going to be specifically COVID-19. Mm-hmm. You can actually go back and you can find real like actual like peer-reviewed articles from I think I've seen some as early as like 2005, mm-hmm. 2006 warning people about this impending explosion of respiratory yeah. illnesses caused by bats in Southeast Asia. Yeah. So we we knew we, we kind of had this idea that something like this could happen. And who knows? What if what if his drug company was developing that because they had noticed that it worked in some of the some of the upper respiratory um, illnesses that they had seen in maybe that is why. I don't know that they knew that COVID was gonna hit when it did. But right. I mean your mom's not a hundred percent off base there because I mean they did know about they did know that this could potentially happen. Yeah. Did they know it was going to happen the way it did when it did? I don't know about that, but um, I would not completely dismiss that right out of the gate. <laughs> uh, I and I say completely dismiss it, but there's a couple of parts of it I'd be like, I don't know, that would have to be pretty pretty perfect. But I see where she's coming from. Yeah, I mean. And it would make sense that someone that like high profile wouldn't um, be caught in a regular double homicide. Yeah, I mean, again, you have to when when I hear everything about this, like when you went over it just now, when I read a little bit about it, everything reeked to me of wow, someone who they knew Mm -hmm. came into their home Mm -hmm. and murdered them. Right. And then it seems so much more fishy that nobody else contacted the police or anything like that. So I'm just going to throw my conspiracy theory out there from what I've read and what you just said. I love it. Go ahead. And that is the children. The children totally did this to him. They were pissed that they were having the rug pulled out from under him. Um, maybe he was ailing or something like that. And they were like, wow, he, he literally took all of us except for you off of the will. We want this fucking money. Um, and we, we want it now. Which, it wouldn't make sense to go kill him because you're not going to get it without changing well, the will. they didn't get taken entirely but... out of the will so much as they were removed as the trustees on a board that mm-hmm. would give Honey whatever money she was trying okay. to get. All right, that makes sense. But, yeah, I mean, okay. if someone thought real hard about it, it 
would just take their mom and him dying at the same time for them to get it split four ways. So sounds to me like, because it it also reeks to me of like, you don't need to look at anyone close to the family. This could have been anybody. Don't worry about it, man. Well, I haven't seen anything really from any Um, of their kids except Jonathan. The was only he the one, one that was on the, the will? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. See, see this because this this just again it it reeks to me of if he would do what he did to his cousins and stuff of that he would do the same thing to his kids if they crossed him the wrong way. I I don't. Well, I mean, he grew up with yeah. his cousins. They were yeah, they were, they were like were his basically family. his younger yeah. siblings. Yeah, and he yeah. still did that to him. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a really 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 interesting case. I don't. I really <laughs> hope they find out who did it. Uh, because I would like that to be wrapped up. That would be really cool to actually hear an ending to that. Um, I don't think you ever will, because I think it'll just... It's one of those cases that I feel like after about 10 years from now, it's just going to be relegated to the back. Um, I don't know that that's true. I think so? I've heard a lot of cases, especially ones that are 20, 30 years old, finally getting solved as like cold cases that were sitting just in somebody's desk for a long time. So someone finally just got tired of looking at it and they were like, let's take a look at that again. Yeah. <laughs> take a look again. Uh, yeah. Cause eventually someone slips up. That's almost how, that's almost always how murderers get caught after that amount of time mm-hmm. is they just slip up somewhere. They slip up and they, and they show their cards and someone catches them. Uh, and it could be, it could be anyone or, or any, or anything that comes out that gives you the answer to it. Uh, like that one, and I've been reading a lot more about the one that we did um, in our first episode about mm-hmm. um, the killings in Oklahoma, and you know they're still trying to figure that out. Now that one is a I, I feel that like it's going to be so hard because so yeah. much evidence got destroyed. destroyed. Yeah, and it. <sighs> I'm also going to say that I I feel like that one's a little more polarizing because you're talking about like three innocent children. This one mm-hmm. are two people, well one person who I'm going to say sounded like he was a royal piece of shit and another one who just happened to be happened to be next to him. Yeah, so. you think he was just for show a good person, like donating oh, yeah. to all that yeah. just for sh- Yeah, look how great I am. I've got all this money. I don't think he meant any of that. <laughs> That's just me. Um, all I right. mean none of this millions of dollars. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm better than you. Here's a couple million dollars. I think that's all we have for this episode. Um, what was the name of the place one more time? I keep forgetting it. Sweet Nana's. Sweet Nana's. Um, and it is where again? In Anmore, Anmore, West Virginia. West Virginia. All right. Brittany is making a little, uh, uh, our editor. That's all, that's all she is around here. Just the editor. She is making a, um, a graphic uh, for Leonard's uh, from our first episode, and now um, Sweet Nana's. There you there go. There we go. Sweet Nana's in Anmore, West Virginia. So it's been fun. If we got anything wrong, message us and let us know. And just like I said last time, if you have any information on this, you're listening to this, and suddenly you're like, holy shit, wait, something about that jog to memory, you should reach out to police and let them know, because they still don't know who did this, and um, I, for one, would love to know who did this. I think it would be, I think it's going to be their, their fucking kids. It's going to be their kids. I'm calling it now. You think? I'm calling it now. All right. I would give it a 50% shot of being their kids, 50% shot of being their kids. 50-50. It's their kids or their kids. <laughs> it's like two of them or the other two. All right, it has to be at least 10% some weird political yeah, thing. Maybe. That could be fun, too. I'm not going to say that wouldn't be. If I found that it was some, like, super political intrigue that tied it all back to, like, Lindsey Graham or something like that. I'm not saying Lindsey Graham did it, but I'm not saying he didn't. You should look into that. <laughs> um, if you're in South Carolina, maybe there's a 
uh, pipeline up to Canada. All right, this is uh, this is main corpse, and this was fun. I look forward to another episode. You oh shit, hold on, hold on, don't leave. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other spots where you can find great podcasts just like this one. Um, you know, stay creepy and uh, and let us know what you think. If you think we were totally fucking off base, tell us. If you think we're kind of close, let us know. If you think Kelsey's mom is completely correct on this, I'm willing to hear the arguments. Please tell me that my mom is completely correct on I this. Would, I would love that to be the case. Oh, but. me too. She has some really great conspiracies. I want them to be true for Yeah, her. we need to get her on here and just have her talk about conspiracy theories. All right. So, again, this has been Main Corpse. Find us uh, wherever you find great podcasts, and we'll see you next time.